a show uh, hosted by four people who all have outstanding uh, spec scripts for Finn Wolfhard right now. I, of course, am Robbie DeShazer, and I'm pitching him a reboot of The Computer War Tennis Shoes. Uh, to my left is Carter Spilliards, who Wait, has a script. Do, do you know who that is, Phoenix? Finn Wolfhard? Yeah. Yeah, he's like that uh, composer, right? <laughs> Wolfhard Mozart? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wolfhard Mozart. Is that, is that what you're pitching? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's about a baby Sorry. composer. Phoenix, the role is here. His pitch is what? Uh, Wolfhard Mozart. It's about this uh, baby who develops music at an early age and then grows up to be Mozart at the age of 15. And then, you know, it's modern times, so his music's not as Oh, he's not going to do it. It's modern times. It's not as edgy. Um, anyway. To my left is Carter Spilliards. Yes, hello. At C.A. Spilliards, yeah. who has a pitch for... Oh, yes. My Finn Wolfhard pitch is um, a group of kids from the 80s start robbing a bunch of celebrities in Hollywood. I'm calling it Stranger Bling Ring. Ooh. Mm, that's awesome. good. And, of course, uh, right across from me, Shannon Widener. Hello, everyone. You got a pitch for Finn? I sure do. Finn so, is an avid listener. To yeah, I, I imagine he is. Uh, my he pitch and all for... the members of his now disbanded band. <laughs> so That's actually pretty sad. Sorry, Finn Wolfhard. He's a um, guitar player. He is. But what's your pitch? My oh, um, it's uh, hopefully to cheer him up. Um, it's this movie is about uh, the meeting of two musical greats, um, Wolfhard Phoenix and um, Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix, <laughs> um, a very fancy French synth pop composer, also married to um, Sofia Coppola, and uh, they just kind of duke it out for probably about four hours, the same length as uh, The Irishman. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. I like that you combined a little bit of everything in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we have to make an expanded universe somehow. So. Yeah. And also, Phoenix is like the actual, well, Phoenix Zarola, also great, but Phoenix the band. Thank you. Wonderful. Very good. Yeah. Well, I love it. I recently did. A little didn't. over a year ago? Yeah. yeah. Austin City Lumbus Music Festival. Yeah. They were good. Yeah. Phoenix uh, the City? Ooh. Dry. <laughs> Not unlike your wit. <laughs> Thank you. Not unlike your question mark. <laughs> Phoenix, straight edge. Razor sharp. X's on my hands on Sanford Kisses. Um, I was going to oh. also throw out except there. For the one, <laughs> except for the ones that do. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm throwing this out there for anyone, Finn or otherwise. A reboot of the movie Band Slam. Oh. What's Band Slam? Do you not do you remember think, Band Slam? Do you think Finn Wolfhard and Dick Wolf get coffee? Dick Wolfhard? Yeah. Are Band Slam and Lemonade Mouth in the anyway. same DC... Uh, DCOM cinematic universe? I don't think so, because Band Slam was theatrically released. Oh. The DCOM. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. The Decom you? 2009's Band Slam. The Decoma. Starring. Uh, that sounds like the something. Disney Channel original movie universe. The Decoma. Vanessa Hutchins. And, uh, sounds like something from the Evil Dead. Lisa Kudrow. Oh, okay, so this is a post Cadet Kelly DCOM. Lisa Kudrow? It's not a DCOM at all. <laughs> from Once France? Again, not, not made by Disney. Theatrically released. Oh. Band Slam? Yeah. High School Musical 3 got a theatrical release. It's, it's not a DCOM. Then. Exactly. Does it? Okay, so those are mutually exclusive. I don't know about that. 
Could I be mean, a a original Disney... movie of Disney Channels. It's the actual. Well, it would ha- it would imply it airs on Disney Channel if it's a Disney Channel original. Yeah, same same reason that uh, Wonderful World of Disney movies are not the same as DCOMs. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Anyway, <laughs> well, we got to you never got to finish your bit about what's your pitch. Yeah, you I did. did. Okay. Wolf, Wolfhard Mozart. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Okay. Is it not enough for you? No. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, is it more of like a biopic, or or does it? I mean, it's, it's you know, modern day. it's modern. It's set in modern times. Is this okay. Mozart in the jungle, perhaps? Uh, <laughs> no, um, I, Mozart, it, underage Mozart in the jungle. Then Wolf, hard Mozart in the jungle. Yeah, I mean you. I mean, we've all, we've all seen this movie boring. before. It's just like, you know, about an artist, you know, trying to make it big. But it just so happens to be a baby Mozart yeah. who's trying to make it big. Not to be confused with baby Mozart. Yeah. Um, you know, and then he, he does some musical compos- compositions and then has some features with Lizzo. And, you know, <laughs> you, know you got to keep but it up to date. It's kind of like a, it's an I'm not there situation. Everyone's playing Finn Wolfhard, but no one is. But Finn Wolfhard's not in the movie at all. It's also yeah. like kind of being Kate John Malkovich. Kate also portrayed Finn Wolfhard in this one. It's also kind of like, it's like a reverse being John Malkovich. Being Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. <laughs> being Finn Wolfhard of. Hard of hearing. Hard am of. Am I right? Gong Mozartovich. I'm glad no one did Wolf. Anyway. Like something Wolf related. No, I mean, why would you? He's he's he's, he's a human being. He's not. I know. That's why I said I'm glad. It's not a wolf. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's also, we've wolf. already rebooted Teen Wolf once. Why would we do it again? Anywho, this is film practice. Yeah, this is film practice. It's that kind of podcast. <laughs> we talk about movies and you know, good talk. We, I mean, Sorry, guys. It's, <laughs> it's been a bit since we've done this. <laughs> just uh, like, you know what it is, Finn. Mentally collapsed. There. Coming off, coming off, coming off some <laughs> vacation time. Uh, we just start addressing every episode to Finn Wolfhard. Just <laughs> no, I'm quite all right. So we're talking about musicals this season. Uh, we're actually in our penultimate episode. Yeah, uh, talking about scores. Four films enter. One, Four scores. Three are gonna leave. And seven years ago, we started this podcast. Um. We have, have. We made that every. I don't remember. Episode? We have every time. Four films remaining: uh, Greatest Showman, uh, Les Misérables, the, music, the music, man. music Man, and Hairspray. Hairspray. Carter, I'm gonna need you to get your shit together because uh, we're recording right now. Yeah, and you're I got just, it. It's like falling apart. I got it going. Six minutes. <laughs> to be honest. No one else is jumping in. I know, but I'm just like so. Yeah, we. It's, here we are. It's a bystander effect. We all thought someone else was. Gonna Apparently, jump in. it's <laughs> fine. I'm doing it. Uh, I'm just enjoying the Christmas decorations in the room. Okay, and not great. looking at any of you. All right. Uh, I'm gonna drink my Sprite because it's better than water. And <laughs> what? No, we're saving our food hot takes for a bonus episode. We can't do it. Don't That's, reveal the good stuff now. Food practice is not happening yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> That's for the TV show. Anyway, yeah. That's our those are our remaining. Yeah, they all got scores. They're all musicals. So uh yes. this is gonna be a little bit different than a lot of our score episodes in that. We're taking some lyrics into account. Mm-hmm. Usually when there's lyrical songs, they kind of get a, a little mention and maybe some bonus points added to the score itself. But all of these have very lyrical songs. Some of them quite oh, yes. dense with content. Mm-hmm. Yes. Honestly. Some of them are maybe the whole script of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> One in particular. Yep. Yep. 
Um, so I mean, we've we've got four movies to talk about. You guys just want to talk about all four of them and then talk rankings or talk to take a break. Sure. Why not? Sounds great. I feel like that's the easiest way to do this. Yeah. That work. Yeah. Up down. Works for me. Perfect. Uh, perfect. Perfect. Let's start. Start with hairspray. I'm feeling like okay. oh. with hairspray. Good, Good morning, choice. Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, all the opening songs. I feel oh, like oh, everything oh. made it through the opening song episode. So I mean. These all have good ones. Yeah, we all mm-hmm. speak positives to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Plenty I mean, of, of great songs. I'm uh, partial to um, I Can Hear the Bells yes. and Welcome yeah. to the 60s and Run and Tell That, my anthem of the entire... Run and Tell That probably has some of the best vocals in the entire movie. Agreed. Yeah. And it's like performance-wise, I should mm-hmm. say. Oh, yeah, definitely. Lyrically, it's also very good, very empowering, and a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. But very bright, and the, you know, the, um, the orchestration is the wrong word. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, the musical texture. The arrangement. It's the, very, very yeah. rich, um, orally, sonically. Um, it, you know, it's just a very exciting, bombastic song, but it's not like, um, the lyrics make sure that there's, there's meaning in there. It's not empty. Um, and, uh, yeah, big fan of, uh, his name is Elijah Kelly, Kelly. Fantastic. Shout out to him. If you're listening, you're killing it. Seaweed? I hope. Is that, is that the character? Yes. The character seaweed? is seaweed, yeah. but the, yeah. Elijah mm-hmm. Kelly. Hope you're doing well. Got an illustrious career ahead of you. Not exactly sure, but yes. Um, great song. This, great, this movie great, came great out 12 years ago. So. If we it's dive in, yeah. If we dive into the lyrics, uh, nicest kids in town kind of has some like interestingly dark lyrics yes. for like oh yes. it's so running around yeah. i mean it, it's a lot of fun which is kind of one of the perfect ways of like talking about this like john waters world mm-hmm. that is set up in this movie even through the lyrics themselves like it's just oh, it's so much fun i i love that uh also i mean who doesn't love the roll call in that song? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yes, of and course. I'm... Link. <laughs> yeah. and it has a little reverb on when he says Link, which I appreciate from a production standpoint, because it was just kind of a fun moment. Uh, other standouts to me, Miss Baltimore Crabs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about lyrical it, seediness and complexity. Yes. Um, also, who doesn't yes. love a great like villainous anthem? Oh, yeah. yeah. It yeah. had a very Definitely. poor unfortunate souls kind oh, of vibe to yes. it. Like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I can hear the bells. You already said it's very fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, do... I like Big Blonde and Beautiful. That's a good one as well. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't make my standout tracks list, mm-hmm. but like yeah. I couldn't put everything. Yeah. You know, no. Yeah. To... You got to do some curating. Uh, you can't stop the beat is probably the catchiest song. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's. I use the word earworm a lot when talking about a lot of these songs, but I mean, they're musicals for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite. Like, like last songs in a musical mm-hmm. yeah. especially of these here it's, it's a great ending yeah it's, yeah um new girl in town's great i don't know what else haven't we mentioned yet uh i will say oh well, let me first mention my standout that was for a bad reason I know that Mama, I'm a Big Girl Now is in the credits, and it's from the original musical. I don't know why. I just find that song so grating for whatever reason. And it may be just mm-hmm. like the fact that it's kind of a demo recording itself already that's played over the credits. But like to me, I'm just like, there's something that they're doing vocally, which is this kind of like 
fake baby voice almost a yeah little. the infantilization yeah. is not great the lyrics definitely don't help that either and it's not done for any kind of like narrative purpose that really gives us some insight I, yeah, into I get why it was cut out the from world. the bulk of the film but I like, think it works better on stage like I'm I, sure it does I've I think, not seen it on stage yeah I think hearing it cause I've uh, I've heard this before like on like I've heard like the Broadway production of this mm-hmm. of this musical obviously and like Obviously. I think that, yeah, I mean, who hasn't? You're just ridiculous if you haven't. Obviously. Um, um, but it, it works better there just because I think it adds to, like, kind of the theatrical and kind of, like, fun feel to it. And I, there, it's less, like, infantilization and more just, like, um, kind of yeah. showing innocence to um, her character and yeah. stuff. And um, it's, it's used in the film. But it's not great. I, I agree with you that visuals, it's... It, like, yeah. There's no context to just make it kind of grating and like i said yeah clearly not like a polished track like yeah. it's meant to be exit music you know i would be yeah. harsher on it if it was in the movie yeah. i feel like because yeah. it's in credits i can forgive it enough mm-hmm. but i'm with you that it's not strong Am I I, taking points off for its existence not really but i, I did want to yeah. acknowledge its it's existence. a blight on, i honestly didn't yeah. really even consider it since yeah it like i said the I movie. Didn't, it's not factoring into my ranking of um yeah, my my only kind of perhaps criticism um, is a, a few of the songs kind of in the middle start to blend together a little bit. I was gonna say mm-hmm. a lot of these songs have very sim- purposefully very similar instrumentation, mm-hmm. very similar arrangement, and that while everything is catchy and I think works narratively well, it does all have a very cohesive sound, mm-hmm. other than a few standouts that are really depart from that like Miss Baltimore Crabs or mm-hmm. I think your timeless to me has kind of a Sinatra vibe. Yeah. 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 Different from the rest of the maybe even like a Frankie Valley vibe that's a yeah. yeah, bit, I get a little the bit more Valley contemporary vibe. to what else is going on, I mm-hmm. guess. But yeah. mm-hmm. And how do y'all feel about your timeless to me? Because I was thinking I was about to ask the same thing. I it's I would I went through all of these songs and I hearted what I liked and what my standouts were. Your timeless to me was not on there. I love your timeless I'm, to me. And I think it's one of those songs that you would either like or you don't like because it is, um, it does a lot to establish and really kind of zhuzh up their, uh, the relationship between her parents. And, you know, you get, you get some really great character work on the part of, uh, John Travolta and, um, Christopher Walken. Um, so, I mean, they do a great job. It just, I don't like it when I'm just listening to it. I feel like it might kind of fall under that same... Um, uh, strategy, I guess, that Phoenix was talking about, you know, that maybe it's better on stage, or I enjoy watching um, the song, you know, with the performance as well, but just on its own. Yeah. It does yeah. a little for me. I think because I really like this song, but I think I don't particularly love it this much in this movie, and I think it's kind of performance-based. Um, I don't really, uh, like, really like... Christopher Walken and John Travolta's like performance of it in this. I think in the movie, like visually, it's like funny and they're being really mm-hmm. comical, which is good. But I just think like the singing, it can be a little, um, I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of with Shannon that it, it just listening to it, I feel like it loses its touch. Um, and I think it's partially due to their singing ability and like they're, it's kind of, I don't know, shaky or harsh. I don't know. I don't, Christopher Walken's voice is shaky. I don't think that. Travolta's and any of the songs that Travolta does are particularly shaky other than the fact that he's trying to maintain 
his Edna voice the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess Shaggy's not the right. I word. find I find Travolta's singing voice somewhat distracting, um, a little bit. Not necessarily to a, a great detriment. Well, because his regular singing voice is Danny Zuko. Exactly. Right? right. Exactly. So it's like it's like half that, and then half like putting on his Edna voice, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of it never really sits right with yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, I honestly I'm kind of ambivalent about this song. Um, I don't love it. I don't hate it. Um, I don't really have any strong feelings on it. I think it's certainly interesting when you're listening to the soundtrack, uh, Christopher Walken's voice, when it cuts in, you're like, that's new. Um, but other than that, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I, I, I see what you're saying about the Phoenix. Sorry. I looked at Phoenix, but I didn't explain who I was talking to. Phoenix. I like, I get what you're saying about their voices, like maybe being distracting or something. I think that so much of it, their, the way that they do their voices in this movie is so much about the character that I think I kind of more wrote it as character choice and as it is kind of a more narratively dense song as compared to something like Nicest Kids in Town, which there's a lot of songs in this that are very just performance-based and because of the setting that they're in that I was like, okay, well, this is kind of a character piece and I, I wrote it off as that. Yeah. But I love the content of it is what I should really get at, which is that it's I think it's good. I think it... I don't think it's gonna. Real, I don't think this is going to be the make or break song for. Right. Any, no. But yeah. we gotta we gotta talk about it a little bit, I guess. Yeah. yeah. yeah talk about it. 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 Yeah. Uh, other than that, was there? I'm trying to see if there. Without love is another fun one, and it's. I mean, vi- I I always think about the visuals with it with the uh, Tracy and the different photos and stuff, and but. Yeah. Did we talk about it takes two? Uh, uh, it's not on it... my list because it's not one of Zac Efron's better vocal performances, which is yeah where I kind of lost it, especially when I was thinking about it in comparison with Without Love, which I think he actually does probably one of his some of his better work. That's true. Maybe yeah. even in this whole uh, set of songs. For <laughs> so, Ladies' Choice yeah. I think is my go-to standout. Ladies' Choice is a good of, one as well. Um, like the. the skill that uh, Zac Efron has when he performs. I mean, um, his skill was mostly in uh, having that curl of hair. Yeah, oh, yeah, the curl definitely adds a little something I can, mm-hmm. with, with the voice. Um, but Can't yeah. believe they didn't keep that for High School Musical 3 at the... Can you just imagine? <laughs> Troy has an inexplicable curl <laughs> in the middle of his forehead the whole time. Hairspray came out in 07, and then High School Musical 3 came out... 08, I think. Was it 08? Was it 08? Or... Okay, so it would have been really close. I was just curious what the... I think they were filmed close they were. pretty close to each other. Yeah. This was still when he was like, so yeah, see, kind yeah. of typecasted as a musical guy. October 24th, 2008 was High School Musical 3. Hairspray. It's 07. I'm just trying to see like where... Date-wise, how release date? It's a July twentieth, two thousand seven. So it was a little over a year between the two. So they likely had some overlap in mm-hmm. production mm-hmm. schedules. Wow, I didn't realize until now that we can connect all four of these movies with two actors, and that's Zach Efron and Hugh Jackman, right? Or th- no, the three, right? What we can three connect musicals? three of these movies. Yeah, yes. yeah. Hugh Jackman. One, one, and most of, of the people I... in the Music Man were not working. In the, <laughs> yeah. the last. But Ron Howard. No. <laughs> That would be the only thing you could do to probably connect them. Yeah. If Ron Howard had directed, like, Hairspray, yeah. then... Oh, if Ron Howard had directed Howard Hairspray, hairspray would what would that have been? interesting? <laughs> hey, you know what? 
I'll take it. That's take the it. pitch for Finn Wolfhard. Finn yeah. Wolfhard. Please go make this Ron Howard's make, hairspray. Go make get Ron Howard. Ron Howard to direct hairspray. Ron Howard does not listen to the podcast. Finn Wolfhard does. I don't know. I was talking to Ron Howard about this podcast the other day. Oh, yeah? He seemed very interested. But he hadn't listened yet. No. So I, I still stand at Ron Howard does not listen to But he to might it. have. That was a week ago. He just smiled and waved goodbye. <laughs> he said, okay. He said, I'll consider it. <laughs> he did not. No. His eyes said, I'll consider his it. Own, he did his own narration in the moment and his said. His eyes said, I'll consider it. But his security guard said, please go away from me. <laughs> please go away from Mr. Howard. Please, 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 exit, please exit the premises. Yeah. I, don't think that, I think that was his daughter. I don't think that was his security guard. I think that was Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> you know, same thing. She was just wearing a black shirt. <laughs> yeah. Now, now uh, there was red hair. Now, now I'm thinking of. I'm it. kidding. I I didn't talk to to Ron Howard. I talked to Clint Howard. Much more accessible. We met in a coffee shop. <laughs> Clint Howard's actually already a fan. He, he was. He was. Monthly. Yeah. He was anxious. To, he was anxious to meet with me. He was very upset when you didn't have recording. He showed up. I know. He showed up 15 minutes early. <laughs> to a Starbucks in, on the south side of oh, Austin. Oh, Clint Howard. R.I.P. My guy. What? I know he's not. I'm <laughs> just saying rest in peace for that interaction. The man's, yeah. the man's worked. The man's worked consistently, but his biggest roles have always been in his brother's movies. Yeah. You know what? He's gotten in. Let him. It's true. Let him he's, use he's, it. He's working it. It's it's working for him. Uh, you know what? Ron Howard's a great segue into. Uh, let's just talk about the Music Man. All right. Uh, standout songs. Uh, there's a lot of them. I think I've got like. Two really big ones. Two really big ones? Yes. Are you sure? They're kind of tiered. You want to... You wanna okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah this is... List them off. So my two, like, biggest ones that I'm like, these are songs that I've always loved and I'm like, I'm all about, is You Got Trouble yes. and 76 Trombones. Yes, both very good. Huge. Um, big. Those are kind of my, my absolute standouts at the top. And then I have kind of a mezzanine... And then, and then uh, everything else. You're, you're neglecting at least. I mean, Rock Island. We already talked about. Yeah, one, was, yeah. Rock and Rock Island, I think, is uh, deserving a mention again. Shapoopy, anyone? Shapoopy's Shipoop- <laughs> in the second level. Shapoopy's good. Second level. Uh, That's a top tier song. I think the piano lesson is a very fun song, and that like it works. Sound in off, movie. Robbie. I, I agree I, with you. Good night, my someone True. is a classic. Yes. I, I do uh, like good night, my pining someone. song from Quite a lot. this era of musicals. And I uh, pick I a little, talk a little. Pick a little, talk a little. I'm a fan. Is Mary the Librarian also. I like, pick a little, talk a little. I like as because it, it also contains that musical motif that plays anytime you see. Mm-hmm. Talking in a broader in a broader sense, score wise, there's a lot of these motifs that play for certain characters. So like that, like that's great. I love Mary and the Librarian. That's that's the one that stands out to me. I see. Here's where you'll lose me. Mary and the Librarian. What's your your beef with Mary and the Librarian? Mary and the Librarian, I think it's the musical motif of the... The resolution of that, like, I know it's supposed to be, you know, whimsical and fun. Um, I have a lot of good things to say about the music band score in general, but that was my one glaring. Like, I love, I love that musical break that has the, with the dancing in the library. Okay, like, yes. Musical break. I, the way I described fantastic. it in my notes was like the song 
draws back slow and then snaps like a rubber band because you get you have the build of the metal library and then it snaps what can I and it and it build I like it just keeps it's got a kinetic energy to it it builds it or builds a lot of potential and then it has some kinetic energy I love just the structure of that song in general. I also just yeah. really like Robert Preston's voice. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's, his, his voice it's is... It's hypnotic in It's kind of like... Liquid charm? It's like liquid... Yeah, it's like, it's like he's singing charm. Crushed Velvet. Like, yeah. it's uh, just... And also, Shirley Jones, who I feel like doesn't get... Whenever you watch a lot of these older musicals, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking of... Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and, and other kind of movies. Not... I don't... I think... They're not exactly in the same era, but there's a lot of really talented um, female leads who just kind of get forgotten by, you know, musical history. And Shirley Jones, this is your moment. I I, (laughs) listening to Goodnight My Someone in the Car, I was like, wow, the vocal ability of being able to hit those notes so consistently, so beautifully and with like the accuracy and tone. Um, Big, big, big fan as as someone who's been on the receiving end of a lot of. Uh, critique about singing in general. I was um, I was particularly blown away by that, and uh, yeah, she's she's fantastic, and probably doesn't get enough mention. So yeah. here for you, Shirley. Uh, also, anything with the Buffalo Bills in it is great. Oh, yeah, the yes. fantastic barbershop quartet they use for this. Uh, I do like any yes. any quartet. I will. I do, yeah, I love the piccolo taco with adding on the barbershop quartet. Yeah. So you got. Piccolo, Tuckalo, Piccolo, Tuckalo, Choo Choo Choo, Piccolo, Tuckalo, Come On, and Good Night, Ladies. Like, yeah, I will say that I feel like my opinions of this align a lot more with with Carter in that I feel like a lot of these there's like there's a clear A tier, B tier with a lot of these a lot of these songs. No, there's no like. C tier no. on or whatever. A lot oh, of these, the, none of these songs are bad. A lot of these songs are good, and some of them I think are just like really, like really stand above the rest. But um, I, I, there's nothing like the one thing that took me from like listening to this and re-listening to this is like the all the complexity in, in this music. Mm-hmm. Like I think of these four, I found that like both lyrically and musically, there's so much like complex instrumentation yep. and complex like lyrical ability and performance that I just had to like, while there may have been some that maybe aren't as like ear earworm catchy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, not to take Robbie's word, but no, no <laughs> um, it's so, not my word. It's <laughs> well, there's some that are like less that I would put on and listen to. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I had to just be like, well, it's is still impressive and yeah. w- like worthy of, of praise regardless. Um, and that was kind of my big takeaway. Like I, I feel similar to that. Like Rock Island and um, You Got Trouble, Seventy Six Trombones. I also really liked uh, Wells Fargo Wagon. Like I just feel like that's a real fun like city oh, folk. Wells Fargo Wagon, wagon is a. It's it's just it's got a nice like like um, it's a nice song with like the city kind yeah. of involved in it. Um, that one is kind of earwormy. Yeah. yeah, I like anything where Winthrop gets a t- gets some time to shine. Love mm-hmm. me some Ronnie Howard. I do not care for Ron Howard in this. <laughs> I think he's, it is a character choice yeah. for sure. It's, I I think of it the same way I was talking about with yeah. Christopher Walken and uh, John Travolta yeah. and Hairspray, where it's the character of the song takes over maybe vocal performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where I think my like also he's adorable. My he's adorable. my my cynicism or like. My Your jaded of children. My jadedness. No, 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 no. Not re- not related to to baby Call Ron Howard. But um, uh, you know, he's he's he'll grow up. Swear to watch that movie and be like, that guy's gonna win an Oscar. Yeah. 
Um, you should have won an Oscar. Uh, should have won an Oscar for Winthrop. I just think that Best while I feel like a lot of people here probably have like a lot of appreciation for Shapoobie, it's kind of like one of my lower, like least favorite of this of in it's this musical. Fun. It fits into that category. I love Shapoobie. It is a lot of fun. It fits into that category no, 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 that a lot no, no, no. of earlier music, like a lot of musicals from the fifties and forties, fifties, sixties, have where it's like. Here's a song we wrote that's a lot of fun, and we found a place to put it in the movie. It is it is an older style, like an older style kind of kind of number. But I don't know, like I don't find it as fun as I think other people do. I I do think like visually it's more fun because like visually you get like the choreography yeah. and dance number with it. I just find you know like I don't find it that catchy as other people do. Like I know I'm in the minority, and I know like I'm not trying to convince anybody of it, but. I don't really, like yeah. find it as catchy, nor do I find it as like charming as I think other people do. I it's, just it kind of for me like drags a bit. Kind of just the same word over and over again. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Um, but that's maybe like my only like real Jesus, strong Shippy. like like I guess real strong against any of these yeah. songs. I'm not even against them. More just like it's fine. It's definitely perhaps the least essential. Yes, like this could be removed and the movie would yes, not be changed. Can. Yeah. Other earworms in this that we don't have to give as much time to. Gary Indiana is a lot of fun, and it gets stuck in my head a lot. Gary Indiana, Gary Indiana, not Louisiana. Paris, France, yep. New York, or Rome. But Gary Indiana, Going back to Robert Preston, a lot of his performance really makes a lot of these songs. Which is great. I, yeah. I mean, you know, you can't discount that because that's what you get. You get Robert yeah. Preston. Uh, also, oh. shouts out uh, our only score here, score and music. Uh, primarily composed by a woman. Oh, so, oh I didn't know that's that. cool. Meredith Wilson did all the music for the original Broadway production, and it's uh, her movie that became of her Broadway oh, production. Actually, Meredith Wilson wait, is a man. Meredith Wilson is a, a man? man. Yeah. What a. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I'm pretty sure Meredith Wilson is a man. What a. F- oh my His name goodness. is Robert Rainier Meredith Wilson. Flautist, composer, and conductor. Yeah. Well, very, I'm just going to cut that out. Wow. Robbie just fucking shit on <laughs> Meredith Wilson. Did I shit on Meredith Wilson? I mean, I... you very just implied. I was like, I'm pretty sure Meredith Wilson's a nice guy. <laughs> I don't know. I never looked into it. That's why you well, should always double check. <laughs> for the, the worst part was I double checked every other one to make sure that I wasn't forgetting a, a woman because I thought that would be worse. <laughs> Would be too. No, all men. All men. And all yeah. white dudes. Never and now, mind. And now we just have to sit in this awkwardness that it's all so, white men that have been a part of all of these for, musicals. For trying to to include the women. You definitely do. It's just unfortunate. Uh, Hairspray uh, has a woman. Next. Um. Anywho. Anywho. Hey, still. Anyone have anything, any critiques of The Music Man? Um, I kind of already said some of mine. Yeah, you talked about yours. I'm trying to think. I mean, I... I can see, like, I don't know. Um, the Buffalo Bills, while I like them a lot, are definitely, like, a choice sounding-wise. They're very, they've got a very strident tone that works. Um, would I listen to it normally outside of the confines of a musical? Probably yes. not. Um, I mean, I love, I love barbershop, barbershop quartets. quartets. But I also like are they always quartets. so, like, is it, like, is it a tone thing? Is that, like, representative of the tone of a lot of, like, barbershop quartets? I Just mean, kinda, like, they right. have won several awards for being the best barbershop quartet. Yeah, so I yeah, say. I mean, so uh, that's fair. I also, mean, I like these guys. They would, for, until they had no remaining members, or, like, less than a quartet, I guess, probably, they would go 
just perform as their characters from this movie in local productions of the music man. That's cute. Like, they would just go do it. Like, they would just go learn their blocking for the show and, like, show up a week before and then just be the Buffalo Bills in the... So That's cool. That is really nice. Very cool and kind of them. Not, I mean, little tidbit, not to make your... Not to influence anybody's voting or anything. Oh, no, it's still... I have mad respect for the Buffalo Bills and also quite enjoy Light of Rose. Um, ah, yes, it's very nice. I, that's the only critique I was stretching for that I'm like, well, I guess you could probably yeah. say that, you know, uh, if it's not your cup of tea, it definitely won't be yeah. your cup of tea. But We kind of, I mean, I know we all immediately said, oh, yeah, you got trouble is great. Like, we all just kind of, but we skimmed over. We didn't really talk about it. It's it's one of my favorite songs in any musical. It's great. Um, I love I love it for a narrative purpose. Mm-hmm. It It kind of perfectly encapsulates, like, like, you know, the town, both the town's gullibility, and then like his way, with his words. his way with words, his skill, you know, kind of as a con man. Yeah. That I also noted that that like Rock Island, this song also kind of moves a little bit like a train. Yeah, it kind of shows that like Harold Hill is on a roll. At mm-hmm. least like it, it moves forward very fast. Like yep. he's, you know, it it does show you he's done this many times before. This is not yep. you know. Also inspired the song, uh, the monorail song from the Marge versus the monorail episode of uh, The Simpsons. The Simpsons yeah. and I mean, that Alan whole Shor- episode is very yeah. Alan Shore sings it in Boston Legal, and you know, all kinds of fun stuff. You know, because uh, I was I was looking at that too with the Marge versus the monorail connections. Conan was asked to play Harold Hill in a Broadway production oh. of The Music Man because that of like perfect. the vague connections, mm-hmm. and you know, it'd be a little treat oh, wow. for the fans. Uh, I believe at the time he was transitioning into the Tonight Show or transitioning from being, you know, cut from the Tonight Show to his TBS show and didn't quite have the time to do, you know, he wanted to make that his comebacks perfect and didn't give Broadway the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe someday. He does say it's one of his biggest regrets in show business is that he didn't oh, wow. take that offer. If we're mentioning... Uh, Conan would have been a fun Harold Hill. Oh, yeah, I think so. Beloved animated or adult animated comedy adaptations of songs from Oklahoma. No. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. This whoa, is whoa, not whoa, where whoa, the whoa. wind comes rushing down the um, plains. If we're talking about uh, beloved adaptations of The Music Man from from adult comedy, uh, half the reason why I love Shapoopy so much is the... Com- or the um, a Family Guy version of Shapoopy that uh, features uh, what uh, Peter Griffin. Peter, well, Tom Brady is the yes is, gets a gets a mention. I always think it's funny watching watching Tom Brady get very angry at this universe of people buying into Shapoopy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's fantastic. It needed a mention. I love it. It's great. Yes. Uh, other thing, this has probably some of my favorite instrumentation or one of my favorite instrumentations of our scores. Uh, yeah. Unlike the every similarly to hairspray, where everything has a very cohesive sound, there it all sounds together. I don't feel like this movie particularly wears thin on any kind of genre or sound. There is a you know a nice you know there's different pieces that are thrown in there that all sound era appropriate to when it was made, as well as a little bit era appropriate to the time that the film is set in, mm-hmm. which is always an A plus in my book, uh, as we'll talk about with some reasons why I don't maybe like some of our other films. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely helps when you've got like the range of the full orchestra and um, oh, yeah. yeah, it makes it really easy for a lot of high school theater productions to, it's, to, you know, 
pump it up because uh, the entire you know full full band yeah. orchestra gets to participate. If you just get seventy six trombone players from your high school, yeah. If, you, if you've got a good brass <laughs> section in your high school orchestra, or it, you can knock it out of the directors park directors love that they eat because I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. There's always su- I mean. You have every high school has the ingredients for a music man. Mm-hmm. You've okay. always got some overzealous theater boy who can do a good Harold Hill, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ooh, taking me back. Okay, yeah. I I know I always dreamed of being a Harold Hill, but never happened in my high school career. It's okay. And on that note, well, not yet. You can always go back. On that note, uh, <laughs> we are done talking about noted man <laughs> Meredith Wilson's uh, music man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back after these messages. Thanks for listening to this episode of Film Fracas. Before we get back into the action, I just wanted to tell you about a show we have here on the 5208 Media Network called Tapheads. That's right. Tapheads is a show hosted by yours truly, Robbie DeShazer, along with Carter Spilliards from Film Fracas and our good friend, Wendy Lopez. Uh, we get together every other week and we drink a whole bunch of beers and talk about what we like about them, what we don't like about them. Uh, what we're learning about beers. There's just so much fun to be had. Uh, We've tried a whole bunch of different breweries, a whole bunch of different types of styles of beers. Uh, We're just having a lot of fun doing this, and I think that uh, you guys should go check it out. So right after you listen to the second half of this episode, uh, head on over to anchor.fm forward slash tapheads and uh, go listen to our most recent episode. We had a lot of fun making it, and uh, we hope you guys have a lot of fun listening to it. All right, get back to the action. All right, we're back. Thank you guys for enjoying those messages from me and Carter. And who else was on the the ads? Whoever was on the ads. I don't remember remember either. It's fine. If you're listening to this in the future, it might be different people. It wasn't me unless it was me. Anyway, so coming back off our break, we've got uh, our, Two more our Jackman's head to head. Oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Uh, yeah, that's what we we're like with. two Jackmen. Let's talk about. <laughs> I do it's we good. do it's we talk good, about bulk or do we? There's what? a lot to talk about with. There's just significantly less songs to talk about with one movie than the other. Uh, that's true. Where would you like to start? Let's go. Where does everyone else like to start? Let's do we want to tackle um, Les Mis, or do we want to briefly touch on the Greatest Show? Let's tackle the let's tackle the, the, the Goliath. Yeah. All right, Les Mis. I think we can control ourselves and um, pare down. And she is dense. Yeah, there's um, a lot. It's the whole movie. Uh, I did a lot in my part. notes for this writing. Crow. Like that <laughs> for Russell Crowe. Anytime I felt like it wasn't great vocal wise, we've talked about that before. Yeah, I'm though. just gonna say three words. Okay. On my own. Very good oh, song. On yes. my own. Smith so Barks. I kills it. I like. I love most of the music in Les Mis. Uh, and the thing I have with Les Mis, especially with this soundtrack version of it for the whole movie, which is. 42 tracks long? Something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right at, uh, right at 42. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down 19 standouts, which does come out to like 45% of the score, but there are a lot of transitional songs and stuff in yeah. there that are really, you know, what would, in something like a Music Man or a Hairspray, be 
dialogue mm-hmm. and scenes. Uh, things I didn't like were stars. I mean, which is another example of Crow just like of Russell Crowe having a rough time not yeah. being a great singer. The song itself, yeah, though. The song itself is good. It's still good. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics, the the music. Um, that's that's kind of my only major complaint complaint with any of this is to me i mean i think this is one of the most well-written musicals out there absolutely yeah Um, i think the lyrics are astounding i think the music is sophisticated and layered Mm -hmm. um i love how the tones can shift with the music but it's never like like you don't get like a tonal whiplash kind of thing like even master of the house where you're you know it's it's kind of the sillier song you're not like taken out of it yeah. Um, uh, I actually love what they do with Master of the House in this, which is that in comparison to how it is done in a lot of Broadway productions and high school productions of this musical, uh, you do it with a lot of instrumentation and it's very silly. You get, you know, that's where yep. you get some of your fun instruments out. You know, like I don't, I don't have examples of fun instruments. The kazoo. I mean, you would get like some, you know, you, you would do some interesting percussion or stuff. Yeah. You know, you get like the, the uh, only other time it's used is the whip thing from uh, Sleigh Ride. You, you know, yeah. you might throw that in there. Whip like crack, a, yeah. yeah. Or one of those things you spin and it makes a clackier yep. sound, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. The vibra might... slap. Is that what it's called? I think so. That sounds oddly it sounds sexual. Made up, but, yeah, I mean, uh, sure. Sounds like the top of I'm going to double check, but I. BuzzFeed's best sex toys of 2019 top is the vibra the slap. Vibra the vibra slap? It's a, it's a thing. Um, uh, but. I do like that this kind of went with a, the rowdiness and the silliness is going to be brought from the multiple patrons of the uh, Tenardiers. Well, I'll be damned. Oh, that thing. That's called a vibra slap. Yeah. Oh. Is that not what you're talking about? No, I was talking about the, what are you talking about? You can do the same Was that what you were talking about? Oh, yeah, that's the whip crack. The thing I was talking about was like the clacker thing. It like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like, yeah, spin yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. There's a lot of things you spin. I don't know. I didn't do uh, this. Yeah, auxiliary I, percussion. Auxiliary percussion auxiliary is a lot percussion. of spinning and, like, Sawing and hammering. Sawing and hammering and, and, and moving. It's a construction site. It's a whole lot of random stuff. All this to say. <laughs> My favorite is when they get the wine glasses out and you have to do, like, the wee of the wine glasses. No, my favorite is, I don't know the name of it, but you know the ones that are, like, it's, like, five and it's, like, yeah. I don't know. Or they just got a big ass wood block and they're just hitting the wood block. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My point here was to say I like that they don't use all the auxiliary <laughs> percussion. Oh, oh yeah. Because you said, you know, yeah. like sometimes that can take you, you know, it's a fun time mm-hmm. for your orchestra and it's a fun song. Yeah. I like the choice of going with kind of a subtle accordion mm-hmm. and creating the chaos with lots of different dissonant voices and yeah. people that are off key on purpose and mm-hmm. just like kind of creating a drunken atmosphere because it is, it is a bar song yeah. is what it is, you know? So I liked that. I liked that was a very good choice. And um, talking kind of still broad strokes. I am actually a big fan of the live singing. Um, it doesn't always to, yield the yeah, best results. Yeah, but I think it, it lends a certain authenticity to the, the performances um, that you wouldn't necessarily get in a studio recording um, of these songs. And it, it really kind of, I think, adds to the whole overall like grunge of it. It's like some of these songs are kind of ugly, 
but it's supposed to be because they're living in an ugly world. Yeah, I yeah. mean, well, John's um, soliloquy, yeah. definitely case in point. I yeah. mean, it sounds like he's... Or if they're, like, fighting back tears in the yeah. midst yeah. of the song. Yeah, like, like, kind of really hard to sing with it. snot. Yeah. When the, the live, when the live singing works, it works. Yeah. yeah. And so this is why I would say that the, vocally, this has some of the highest highs and the lowest lows for me in this. It's also the biggest... Yes. Yeah. And I was gonna say, I mean, one range, one the one place where it works well, and I mean, I can't believe it's we haven't even talked about it yet is the song that gave Anne Hathaway an Oscar. Oh yeah, I dreamed oh, a dream. I mean, I figured we'd get to that. Um, we we're still just kind of talking brick, big, yeah. big. Picture. I just feel like that's like the clear, clear standout. You know, like, that is certainly yeah, it's incredible, and I think goes to your point about why uh, live singing is yeah. really good in this musical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, like you can really feel that the was emotion. The, yeah. And like all of the kind of breath and her the proof of proof of concept, yeah. For for this yeah. kind of it justifies was, the entire yeah. choice because this is the first like major major musical that was done with all the live performances. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think another one that does a very good job with the live uh, vocals is Valjean on "Bring Him Home" mm-hmm. is a very good one. Oh, oh that yes. feels that emotion yes. as well as empty chairs at empty tables. Yeah. As much as I don't love yeah. Eddie Redmayne singing in this, I don't mind his actual voice. It, I think it's silly when he's, you know, having to like shake his head around to do the vibrato in in the actual movie. Yeah. Um, when you're just listening to the audio, it's not it's not nearly as no. bad. But Empty Chairs has probably the least of that. So it's hard when you've seen the movie to detach his his clear vibrato at times from picturing in your head the shaking yeah. of. The, but Empty Chairs has probably some of the least of that. Uh, on my own, Little Fall of Rain is another good one that mm-hmm. that gets me. I mean, I love probably my favorite song in any musical ever. Like my favorite musical song is One Day More. Yes, um, and I think they. I mean, they really. I think they knock it out of the park. The the last note. I mean, it it always hits. I don't. It's it's one of those that they kind of have to nail, and I think they they for the most part nailed it. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything in it. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on like. Person, this is just uh, like my personal thinking is like I'm kind of torn on how to even critique this apart from performance, just because like yeah. this is one of the most like like classic and constantly talked about musicals of all time, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like it's almost perfect in music and lyrics. It's just that like in this one, it's specifically for me. I'm just looking at performance and instrumentation because I really don't have a single note about the lyrics or music in this musical because it's, I mean, we all know it's great. That's all should, should be high points then. Yes. (laughs) Yes. uh, Going back to something that I kind of started talking about with stars and the reason that, it is. I don't love the song "Stars" to begin mm-hmm. with. It's not one of my favorite. Yeah, and that's because it's this. It's not. It's, yeah, it's in a weird spot in the movie and in the regular musical. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got supposed kind of an to be this great moment. Yeah. It's supposed to be this really big character moment for Javert that I think he has better character moments elsewhere, but he shares Agreed. them mm-hmm. because I mean Javert is a foil to Valjean. That is his purpose in this movie, and so like the best Javert moments are. I mean, his. I mean, he's fighting the Valjean. confrontation. The confrontation is great. Yes, his. Uh, I mean, his suicide. As it's weird to say that that's great, but it's a yeah. It's it's, it's a done very artistic. But like that's done. I think huge. Russell Crowe's probably best in the confrontation, just because he's, he's he's at his best when he yeah, growls he, at yeah, Hugh Jackman and he does most of that. I was that. gonna say he's he's done. He's he's he does well when it's usually brief. <laughs> yeah. 
it's brief and brief it's snippets here. and it's yeah you kind of growling and talking and like I've said before, I don't learn the meaning of the law. Yeah, I, I recognize that he's obviously the weakest performer um, of this whole bunch in this film, but I still don't. I don't hate. Um, I don't. I don't hate his performance uh, by any stretch of the means. But this one, I think, is his his particular standout uh, out of all of this. I think it suits his musical strengths the best. Uh, Castle and Cloud. I just wrote, "Who doesn't love Little Cosette?" It's true. Uh, it's okay. I yeah, mean, it's, it's not like... I just wrote that in general. Who doesn't <laughs> love Little I mean, like, yes, The concept of, of Little Cosette. The concept of Little Cosette is, yeah. I mean... It, she, she's a concept. I mean, she's, she walked so Baby Yoda could run. Um, I'll agree with that. I'm imagining Thank you. Baby that. Yoda she's singing the right. on a cloud. And, you know, we'll be live on in countless There is a city on a cloud. Every, every publishing just, of this book. I just love exactly. the music cue with, with that song. Uh, I, I got to mention the docs because in high school when I was in this uh, very same musical, I was, uh, before I got to play a student in the second act, I got to be the sailor who says, I smell women, smell them in the air, think I'll drop my anchor in that arbor over there. Wow. Uh, so, you wow. know, just shouts out Such to my writing. fellow men. That was not even a humble brag. You just full on bragged about that. I just, I just, I no, I'm just giving a shout out <laughs> to all my other uh, background and utility players in big musicals like this. Yeah. Where you can't, truly cannot get enough students at a high school. Even of the size I went yeah. to. There's to no <laughs> such thing as a small role. I had to go true. immediately. Shout out to Anna Paquin. I then uh, immediately had to go change and be a judge for when Valjean revealed who he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Weren't a lot of us men in there. Do you, hear, do you hear the people sing? Also a strong one. Um, just kind of a, a strong song in general. Yeah. Uh, catchy. I would say probably if we had to give like an earworm in this yeah. musical, it's probably that one. Yeah. 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 I would agree. Although Red and Black is my personal I favorite like Red and Black earworm. Yeah. Uh, immensely. I love the harmonies uh, yeah. at the end. I love Aaron Tivitt. Aaron Tivitt um, does a good job. He's absolutely wonderful. You can tell he's classically, you know, trained and has experience um, on Broadway um, or, or well, else he, you know, just in theater in general. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I love the song. I if think. I'm not mistaken, he had played Angeras on Broadway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He uh, was one of, he was one of the picks that were just, you're currently playing this role. Yeah. yeah. Him, yeah. him, him and uh, Smith, uh, Smith Barks. Barks. Yeah. Barks, yeah. Both, was, uh, both fantastic. But yeah, the big one. yeah, it definitely captures the spirit of the re- revolution wonderfully um and uh, i always love it um my my other two big points that i always think about whenever i think about this uh perf- or this uh, musical uh are um uh what's her name um okay well come to me in a second but um yeah my two my two big things are um the high note that amanda uh, seafried always consistently hits at the end of uh, names are escaping me today, y'all. Um, yes, she's got an amazing range, and I'm always enamored by her voice and everything mm-hmm. um, that she sings. And yeah, from lay all your love on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yes, everything. What is. if I just seamlessly transitioned into talking about Mamma Mia? <laughs> <laughs> almost a contender this season. Mm-hmm. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Almost. almost uh, a contender. Wish Helena Bonham Carter had more places to shine. Yeah. She's got a good voice. We we know that but, she can yeah. sing. Uh, doesn't get a lot of chances to. Uh, I really like Who Am I. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's a great moment. Your card is I just love musical motif. Yeah, I just love that motif. I love that. I love that. Just that kind of. I love that moment. I love the way that song builds to him. You know. I like Valjean's soliloquy for a similar reason. It also builds to yeah. anything where Valjean has a big uh, personal moment that builds to something is usually pretty good. Um, yeah. Mm, what else? The epilogue. Cry every time listening to it in much the same way that um, listening to Bring Him Home. Just really, it's written to, I think, provoke the, the most, you know, immense emotion. It's, it's that octave jump between bring him home i'm just like every time i listen to it and when it's done well especially um i mean i haven't listened to the the cole wilkinson version before but i imagine it's you know done incredibly well but i'm you know that song in particular really reminds me that the uh who are the who wrote the the music who wrote the music their name yes oh you would think i would know this yeah i well it's female composer meredith wilson But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, there's there's complexity in the way that this is done. And like, you know, it's supposed to be really sad, y'all. And, and the music 100% Are you wondering who, who did the music that. or who did the lyrics? Uh, music. The music is Alain uh, Bouble. I can't pronounce. It's actually a French person, interestingly enough. Mm. Considering wow. it's a shout out to France, France, no. holding it down. Considering sorry about American traditionally, Ooh, yeah. considering now that everyone traditionally does uh, this with Cockney accents for whatever reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Just because it was popularized on the West End, yeah. and everyone was like, "Yeah, poor people sound like this." At the end Specific- of the day, or another day older. Specifically, that the. The actor that plays the little kid who's just like straight up like Gavroche. Gavroche, yes. yeah. Yeah, he's just straight up the artful dodger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's his name? Daniel something or other. Yeah, I, I'm kind of torn Didn't on whether I like. Jack in Into the Woods? Is he, like... Yes. Same same kid. Same role, sure. essentially. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. A mischievous young boy who would sell anything for a nickel. He gets shot and I cheer. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, Phoenix hates children. No, well, Let's not yes. Forget. I mean, in in media, Phoenix hates children and actually loves the bourgeoisie. In media, no, yeah. the second part's not true. But <laughs> Phoenix wants the French government to win. And uh, yeah, when this, <laughs> he's like, shoot the kid. You can't let resistance grow up in the younger generation. Just like, get over it. You're poor. Get money. <laughs> anyway. Uh, does anyone have anything else? Have anything else to say about? No. Um, it's good. It's it sad. Very, yeah, it's hefty. Very good. A lot. Yeah. to stand out. I'll be honest. I think this musical is going to be popular. Could be. Yeah. Could be. It's yeah. a diamond in the rough. But yeah. I, you, if you're listening now, I would look into this like indie musical called Les Mis. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, The Greatest Showman has a lot of interesting songs. Dynamically short. Um, yes. Comparison. Yeah. <laughs> our short, our longest versus our shortest. Yeah. I can run through the seven oh. standout tracks yeah. I chose. Greatest show, A Million Dreams, Come Alive, Other Side, This Is Me, Rewrite the Stars from Now On. Most of those because they've it's got... not a some... fan of Never Enough or Tightrope. I was going to yep. say. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's like, I uh, do not care for Tightrope. I was... Really what I would say is... After... I've seen this movie... The vocal performance in Never Enough is yes. kind of astounding. Mm-hmm. 
even though it's it's not narratively <laughs> narratively it bothers me which is mm-hmm. why i didn't put it in my standout which is a, something i kind of touched on a little bit earlier the music in this is not of the time period which is yes. not necessarily a bad thing but when we're talking about when we've got stuff like the music man and hairspray which both do their time period with really great justice in the arrangement it's a stylistic choice that I'm not always a fan of because you end up with moments like never enough, which is like, here is this fantastic opera singer yeah. and she's going to sing you all a song. And it's essentially a, you know, a pink B side is what, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, the, the anachronism with it, I just kind of set that aside um, because it's just the nature of the musical. Um, and it's, you know, mileage value or, you know, your mileage may vary on it depending on, on, how much you like or dislike a song. But my biggest criticism with this musical as a whole is that none of these songs really matter um, in the narrative. I feel like you could remove every song and it would, for the most part, be the same movie. And I don't know that you can do that with any of these other films. You do that with Les Mis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a really thick book called Les Miserables by well, Victor no, Hugo that does it, the same thing. Think no. Think if if I'm saying you take out the music, right? You'd have like you would have every BBC miniseries you, adaptation. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm saying you take out the music, and it's like you take out the numbers, and it's literally like a the movie becomes like five minutes long. Like I'm saying, if you if you straight up just take out the yeah, musical numbers get, out of this movie. No, I understand. What and you're yeah, saying. you, you don't have, need so to calling the Greatest Showman like a really a feature length visual album. I guess no. Which isn't a bad thing because there's some really good visual albums. I would say there, just, there are some songs that are more yeah. narratively important than other ones. But even then, I don't know that any of them are crucial. Like if you were to t- no, if you were not. go in, cut out every single song, and just watch the movie as is, you would still get for the most part the whole movie. I would say the only one that you would need is the other side, just because it is that conversation between. It's. Between Barnum and it's maybe Carl. the most crucial, but mm-hmm. then it ju- you would just know that they're partners because they talk about being partners later in the film. Yeah. Yes, but I don't. I mean, like it. It of of the yeah. songs, it does the least it's, justice. It, it does. To, yeah, it does the most. Kind if you of have to then infer what pressing, happened, yeah, it does the most like pushing the narrative forward. But yeah. for the for the most part, all of these songs don't really serve a narrative purpose whatsoever. No. Um, which is kind of my my big critique of all of them. Uh, the songs individually, I don't really have a problem with the performances. I think all of these are yeah. pretty well done. I don't dislike any of any of the, you know, singing, yeah, I mean, singing voices or anything like that. Shout out to Pascal Paul also for yeah. being like the um, lyrics and everything. Lyr- lyricists of are the good and yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I my least favorite is probably Tightrope. Um, I find the song to be particularly not, engaging yeah and it's a shame um, that what michelle williams yeah, gets stuck with it i uh, think it's got kind of an odd i don't like her like i don't know how to describe it it's not really staccato but like when she's yeah. like her does like uh, uh 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 in it i don't care for that <laughs> uh yeah i mean in terms of these songs doing what they're supposed to the greatest show i mean yeah, it yeah. doesn't serve any narrative purpose, but because it's a musical, it does a very good job of bookending the show, yes. mm-hmm. which I think does a great job, which is great. Uh, I like from now on. I like I, I get really I get 
it's got the most at least to me the most earwormy mm-hmm. of the I actually like back, I like the from now on I like from now on is probably my second favorite song it's after great the other side um I think it's got, I know yeah I, Carter and I both are uh, other side truthers. Yeah, it's so Most good. other side truthers. Yes, I don't know about that's maybe not the terminology <laughs> I would use. Uh, maybe Stan. We stand that song. It's okay. We uh, sang it in a car together. It it's was... good. Um, I like it a lot. I think it's it's one very catchy. I love the back and forth. Um, it's to me maybe the most like musically musical song. Once again, going back to it, it actually moves the narrative along. Um, in it, yeah. And then yeah, I like in the in the reimagined album. I do actually like the isn't it? Is it yeah, is it Zach Brown band that does. No, who is it? I that does from that. now on. From now on, yeah. I think it might be Zach Brown. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, that one. Ac- that one actually just sounds like a like a regular pop song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the reimagined album, it doesn't even sound like because for the most part, some of the other ones sound very much like. I guess the Panic's uh, greatest greatest show I mean, it sounds, sounds very. But it like, sounds like, like a Panic in the Disco like, song. It sounds like a Panic in the Disco song. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them sound just kind of like covers of something else. The other side with Max and Ty Dolla Sign is not bad. It's not bad, but it, it to me doesn't really sound like a standalone song. It sounds like a cover of yeah. the song from a musical, like a show tune. Yeah. But like from now on and uh, and the, the Greatest Showman, I think. Remind the me, show. the This Is Me, the Kesha one, is like, it is the credit song. For I think the, so, yeah. So it's not really from the reimagined. No, which I, don't know I actually I like the performance in the movie of This Is Me more than Kesha's This Is Me. I like Kesha yeah. just in but, general. I mean, Kesha's cool. Kesha's great. Yeah, yeah. Kesha, she's cool. I miss you, Kesha. Come back. She's back. She's got a single out right now. Go listen. What are you doing, Shannon? I miss Kesha Go. from 2011. <laughs> Damn. Oh, when she was being abused by. No, <laughs> I don't wow. miss. I don't miss that. But there was some. Uh, Man, bring back, back Dr. Luke. This episode, Shannon Widener. This, episode, this episode's taking all kinds of turns, y'all. We're I'm glad all she's be in a better place. By the end. Well, What's Finn Fe- Wolf are going to listen to after all I don't know canceled. why you did this. I just... I <laughs> why just... have you brought this upon us? Kesha, <laughs> I'm happy for you. You're doing a great job. Keep keep, keep on keeping on. Does anyone have on And uh, yes, I'll, I'll go and give you a listen on Spotify, but... Uh, I, I still I saw her in concert about two years ago. How was it? She did great. Good. That's I like good. her. her band I don't doubt that it. She performs with all of her songs that are a little more synth powered. She's trans. She's, I love good synth. She's well. She's moved the synth to like this guitar player who like has these really cool tones and like it does a like uh, we are who we are has a really cool mix to it. That's like, this like kind of I don't know what you would call it, but it's this. We can talk about it later. Sounds good. I might have to find a video of it, but it's a really cool like guitar tone that they do instead of that like buzzy synth, that bam, 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 like that. Imagine that with like a guitar with like heavy distortion. I'll like it. Anyway. But um, that's not about this else? movie. No. Um, about, uh, I mean, I haven't really said much on it, but it's my main critique aside from Carter's point about this is a musical not having any real narrative choices, which I don't necessarily think is like that bad because I it feels very classic. Like a lot of classic musicals don't really have like narrative. It's music. a show yeah. of musical musical like, numbers. Why is everyone singing. Yeah, yeah. could all be it, a comp- Yeah, you know. like singing in the rain, for example, mm-hmm. is just like super. Yeah. There's no point in the, these numbers. That's true. But they're for fun. Um, so but I agree. That, but I agree but with the you other that, three. You know. Yeah, and for me, in just my personal taste, I do like when numbers move narrative. Yeah. I suppose. So I I, 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 like I agree numbers. with your point. Um, 
three. It's Nerd. A magic number. Um, what's what's a what's a bad? What's your least favorite number, Phoenix? Fifty-three. Um, uh, which the fifty-third track from Thank Les God, Mis. It's, it's a whole thing. Thank all right. Anyway, thank God, Les Mis doesn't have fifty-three tracks, or <laughs> otherwise it would be a disaster. Lost. We got close. Um, uh, my, I mean, my thing is, I'm so, because I'm not a other side truther. I my problem with this musical. <laughs> We're sticking with this. This <laughs> is it. Okay. My problem is Goodbye, I buy this. Is the last episode of Film Practice. <laughs> what? what? We can't call ourselves truthers about something. <laughs> it just has a negative connotation. Listen, y'all said it, not mine. You know what? No, he said it, not me. <laughs> Our twenty listeners understand who we are. Yeah. Um, my main, my main like gripe is that I think the best song is the first song, and I think it never gets better than that. Which I think. That's, just for my, I can see that point of view. Just from what the, how I feel about musicals, I like no, Phoenix, when there's I have kind some of truth like peaks and valleys, <laughs> which is what the other side yeah. is the best song. In this <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I think it is the best song. But go on. No, I, I understand the are truth. There's you don't know what that. you're talking about, but please continue. Okay, don't, don't you want to get away from this uptown part? You've got to play because uh, we've got what you need. <laughs> I get it. It's just not as good as the greatest show. Okay, you can and do like you do. Gonna, We're gonna do like me. Okay, um, and that's just kind of my issue. Is like I with musicals, I kind of like peaks and valleys it's and like moments of rise and moments of fall. Music group now. But yeah. with the greatest show, the greatest showman, I don't like that. For me, just from like musically, it like starts high and then it kind of like trickles, 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 and then by the time it gets tightrope, it's like kind of like at a very low point. Yeah, and then like you know from now on's good. Um, and then the never reprise is fine. So like, it's not like all, it's not like just a decline, but it's, it's close because yeah, this definitely is like, it falls off, I yeah. think until you get to when they do the greatest show again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I already heard this yeah, opening closing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's strong. I don't think it has a strong end in this musical as, as far as musically. And, um, as far as the performances go, I mean, the performances are all good. Um, and you know, a lot of the songs are really catchy. I think that's the main takeaway of this is like. This is like a like a lot of these are like yeah catchy kind of songs, not necessarily like mm-hmm. complex or like for any kind of uh, like character moments or anything. Yeah. They're just kind of like catchy songs. But I just don't like that the best song is the first one, and then it's never, and then it just declines after that mm-hmm. almost. Well, I have some good news for you. It's not the the best song is not the first. <laughs> I'm not going to argue. I think. Well, last time I checked, the greatest show is first, and that is the best song. So, Uh, and it's also last. But it doesn't count when it's last. Uh, Shane, you have anything else to say? Um, I mean, nothing that hasn't pretty much already. You know. Are you an other side truther? Um, no, I wouldn't. Can we take you to the other side? Uh, I honestly, I you know, I enjoyed. She's a rewrite the stars stand. That's uh, rewrite the stars is fine. Um, I really like Million Dreams. Honestly, I think it's you know, it it gives me some some major like Baz Luhrmanny kind of vibes. The way it's you know, or where it is uh, shot wise, um, with you know being on the roof and you know you got everybody doing all the dancing. It feels very Disney to me. It feels very Disney, and I'm like, you know what? I like it. Yeah. I'm absolutely fine with it. it I'm sure this was pitched multiple times to Disney. Probably. Yeah, I I still really like. <laughs> it the, was in development hell for a while. Yeah. The uh, the concept of like viewing this as just a really you know an extended Pascal Paul visual album with the assistance of Hugh Jackman. I mean, that's probably a better way to look at. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's a fine visual album. I don't know how it works as. Yeah, when you look at it as know, a movie, it falls as apart. A mu- yeah. As a musical <laughs> film. Film musical, whichever order you like. I just a fusical. I don't know. A musical. 
Um, sure. A yeah. susicle. I'm looking, I'm grasping for those, you know, big narrative weighty moments that, you know, with, with songs that, that function in a similar mm-hmm. way as, you know, what we've been analyzing in Hairspray and um, Les Mis and, and Music Man. And it just, I mean. This is the most simple of the four. Yeah. It is. And there's nothing wrong with being streamlined. But when I'm, when I'm thinking about how, like, you know, the Music Man uses voices to, um, you know, show the complexity of, like, animals or like trains or is mimicking i, I don't know mm-hmm. there's there's less nuance for well, me to I wanna, really talk uh, yeah. about i'm gonna push back and say there is something wrong with being streamlined <laughs> i guess i don't like how i wish this musical was more it's like fine but when you're comparing it to these three i feel like it really shows it's yeah it really it's shows uh, its colors as being very mediocre simplicity is and, uh not not really working for it yeah and you're a musical like go off don't yeah. ride the line. Yeah, you're you're given the freedom. Yeah. And also, I mean, you look at the runtime of these movies. This one's like right at two hours. Um, so they certainly were like, we're not going to go like full in on musicals because most musicals are normally <laughs> two and a half hours. Two and a half yeah. hours. But... Uh, mm-hmm. So you kind of see what they were like. Let's pull back. But also, I think it's to a degree like people aren't writing, they aren't writing as many songs as they should be. This movie should have had more music, just in all, I think. Because um, you look at how many like transitional pieces are in like the Music Man or just classic musics like that, like musicals like that. And I feel yeah. like it, it could have had more, but it didn't. But it's a, I mean, to kind of understand it, it is a musical that is original to film. Yeah. Which is hard to get like a budget and hard to get, hard to sell to people. Mm-hmm. So like I can understand. The runtime, kind of. Yeah. If it's too long, it might the studios mm-hmm. might not be as but quick to approve then, yeah. of it. Even though I'm but I'm with you. I, it I'm needs thinking, more. I'm thinking it doesn't even necessarily need to be longer. Like I said, it could have these little ditties or motifs or stuff that kind of are flourishes that go through ditties. that are still kind it of. It does need ditties. They're still kind of like they're still kind of like maybe singing a little bit here and there. Right. But not. Whereas with this movie in general, is it's is music, very it's, it's a very it's stark number, like number. And the dialogue kind number biopic yeah. which is what it was originally yeah pitched as i mean yeah. it became a musical mm-hmm. once and so just people got involved. just kind of yeah just kind of the format of it i feel like it never fully embraces like the musical that it's it's like claiming to be especially when compared to yeah cuz i think these the, other musicals. i think the closest you can compare it to is the music man just cuz that's a classic hollywood musical and this is you know gracious trying to imitate that classic it's, Hollywood yeah. musical feel and or at least yeah big emotional mm-hmm. pieces that are supposed yeah. to get stuck in your head yeah and it's I think it to an extent but not enough yeah so wonderful uh cool. yeah uh let's get into our rankings I guess right. uh doesn't did anyone I did kind of an interesting way of doing this I that I guess I could share uh unless sure. anybody else did like a I mean, I basically, I my criteria was um, kind of music and lyrics, how good, you know, how well was it written, how does how good does it sound, um, performance, uh, and then kind of how important is it to the movie kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, all of those things went into kind of why I picked certain songs as standout tracks when it came to yeah. certain songs. So the first thing I did was quite literally just out of all the songs on the album, Mm -hmm. how many of them did I say were standout tracks, uh, which I then got a percentage of, and then I ranked ranked in like descending order of 
So something like, I mean, I kind of said this already, but like something like The Greatest Showman, which I liked, I said seven tracks were standouts out of 11, gets a 63%. Uh, whereas, you know, some song, some are at a disadvantage, like Les Mis is a little bit denser and a little bit less, fewer standout tracks, so it ends up with like 45% of the, which is my way of saying, I actually quite enjoy all of these albums. All of yeah, them. I mean, I liked all of the music and all of the I don't think movies. there's actually a bad score here. No, there's no. A, there are scores that maybe aren't utilized as well or have some yeah. shortcomings narratively, but mm-hmm. yeah. none of them are bad. And yeah, then no, my next thing was I then did my like just personal, you know, what I would normally do for something, which is like an mm-hmm. enjoyment with some of the stuff in mind. Yeah. And then I averaged those two lists together to come up with my like sure. truly uh, final mm-hmm. opinion list. Uh, so. Which resulted in? Which resulted in uh, my number one. Number one. Uh, being my number two, liking eight, 11 out of 18 songs, 61%, and then being my personal enjoyment favorite, for the first time actually in this podcast, my number one is The Music Man. Hey. Oh. Uh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I love the music. It's probably my favorite part about that movie. It is what, uh, it's probably one of my personal, like, in my head soundtracks at all mm-hmm. times. Uh, but yeah. So I liked the vast majority of the songs. I had the most fun listening to that one. Uh, so that averages yeah. out to my number one. Uh, uh, I don't want to sound like a broken record. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Once again? But my number one yet again uh, is Les Miserables. And for me, it was like, it was, you know, playing a numbers game. You look at it and you're like, all right, music, 100. Lyrics, 100. Narrative, you know, importance a hundred, and then performance. I don't know, maybe seventy-five. I between sixty and seventy-five. It's, it's hard when you've got but, such high highs and such yeah. Low lows. But it's the kind of thing where it's like, just on the whole, there's a reason that this musical is so iconic and so beloved and so talked about, is because the like the music, the lyrics, the kind of the density, the strength, is all like top tier, top tier. Yeah. Uh. So it's it's kind of like if the performance is the only thing really dragging you down, I feel like there are so many other reasons that it's at the top. Yeah. I mean, this one, for me, ended up lower. I mean, partially because of how dense it is and how like that, that percentage-wise mm-hmm. kind of bumped it down for me. Uh, but also, I just enjoyed some of the experiences a little bit more than this one. Yeah. So... Uh, not my number one, but yeah. I'm not going to fight you on your ranking. It's your ranking. <laughs> like it's I'm going to change things up yet again because my number one's Hairspray. Hey, hey. I love wow. this musical and I love this movie. I think one thing I really like about the uh, the music in this is it is both um, really catchy, really fun, really uh, true to both the uh, themes of the movie and the themes of the story, but also true to the times in the that the music is set in, and they do that really well. I think a lot of the performances are really great in this, in particular. Yeah. I think there's so many standouts. It's like enjoyment's just through the roof with this musical. Like in terms of enjoy personal enjoyment of listening to it. There's a lot of good like narrative flow with these music mm-hmm. uh, with these musical numbers. Yep. Um, and I just yeah, I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of fun to it and. It's definitely one that I would play the most, and I also 
not just with, not holding it to just that personal idea, but also I think it's one that works. It works when played with with in the movie, and mm-hmm. then like when moving the story forward. So, For sure. gotta give it a hairspray. Yeah, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shannon. That, yeah. All right, bringing it home with my number one. Uh, it's also hairspray. Hey. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I thought I mean, you were going to split this boat four ways. Give it, no. No. That'd um, be wild. Uh, that, that would be absolutely so crazy. Coming down to the number twos then. But uh, yeah, no, there, there's uh, no way I'd be splitting that number four. Sorry. Um, hairspray, everything that Phoenix said, um, succinctly, nicely wrapped up. And um, yeah, I mean, I personally find the most enjoyment listening to this, um, but looking at it from an objective angle, um, I, you know, I love the... Um, instrumentation the sound and the vibe that this creates like i know where i am um spatially immediately immediately but i don't think that i never get sick of it i don't find it homogenized or anything like that either um you know uh and love the performances uh love the lyrics i think there's a lot of nuance i think it's very um there's some seediness there's some smartness um to a lot of the lyrics and the performances and you know it ends you know on a very optimistic note um about not stopping you know. that beat. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, um, you know, very uplifting, very positive. And I think it just does a fantastic job in, in everything that it sets out to achieve musically. So, yes, yeah. Hairspray, I love you. 100% agree with what you said there. I guess 99% since mm-hmm. it wasn't my number one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I liked over 50% of the songs in this. 10 out of 19, which puts it right behind Music Man mm-hmm. in terms of standout tracks. And probably the one I had... A very, very similar amount of fun listening to. I love these songs so much. It ended up being my number two. So cool. I think that solidly places Hairspray at number one for our group rankings. Um, I'll tell you, though. I So I basically had... um, This kind of giving away my hand. But I basically had uh, Music Man and uh, Hairspray kind of tied at second place. And for me, what it came down to was... uh, was kind of almost memorability like memorability because mm-hmm. I was I was like us talking looking at the tracks I'm like I honestly you know I listen to these the same amount and I've I've listened to hairspray more than I've listened to music man just in general and I was able to hum and sing more songs from music man and kind of remember those more than uh, hairspray and I think it kind of goes back to Hairspray being a little more homogenized um, with some of the music sounding kind of very similar. And whereas, whereas with Music Man, they have a lot of kind of each, they have each kind of song has a particular characteristic mm-hmm. about it that stands out. Um, so they're very close. Yeah. But I have oh, yeah. music, I have Music Man at number two. All right. Yeah. All right. Also so, have Music Man at number two. Hairspray oh, at number three. Yeah. Um, I happen to have, I believe, Les Mis at number two. And I am like, you know, I think that my justification leans more to like how Carter was kind of talking about it, where it's just like, it's really hard. While I do think of these four that the performance, whoa, a ghost is in the house. Um, while the performance, uh, performances in this movie, I think are probably the weakest of the four. I think that... When it just comes down to it, it's just, it's still like Les Mis, you know? And it's like, the music is so good. There's so many great songs in this. 
the lyrics are fantastic. It's like such a moving experience throughout that like it's like pizza. Like even yeah. bad pizza is still good pizza. And not to say that this movie's bad, but mm-hmm. like like I've 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 had I've, I've seen I've had some bad pizza. Yeah, I was going to disagree with that opinion in general. But I see where you're coming from. Yes, I the saying is the saying. Yes. Um and uh, I've seen better Les Mis productions, but like this is still a really good musical, like throughout, and it's not, and it's still like suitable. It's still good, so I have to give it number two. All right, uh, so uh, in that case, it comes down to between the Music Man and Les Mis for number two, then. Yeah, because it's your number. Les Mis is your number one. Number music one. Man is my number one. Well, where do y'all have Les Mis? I have Les Mis at number three. Unfortunately, due to not the enjoyment ranking, but the it ended up at number four. So of the numbers, and I have Music Man at three. So, so I think Music Man Music gets Man it. at number two, and then Les Mis at number three. Yeah, yeah. which that makes this easy. Yes, uh, four, 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 and three. This is what I thought. Honestly, thinking about it, what our top three were going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just listening to it, I was like, man, these Greatest Showman songs are catchy, but not much else. <laughs> yeah, I had that same reason, which is why personal rank, my enjoyment based rankings, Greatest Showman was number four, and I, I'm like, this is a fine pop album, mm-hmm. is what I started yeah. thinking, and I was like, this doesn't take me into a time and place, other than my like two top favorites being greatest show and other side in which I can just like remember those visuals so well. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like sense memory, you know? Yeah. But other than that, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm just so, I mean, now that it's eliminated, I can be more honest or more hiding of my feelings, but I don't like this movie. <laughs> and I think part of it kind of showed at this in these music and lyrics and that like, it feels very simple and one dimensional. And like, that's kind of how I felt listening to the, the score and the music is like, it's, it's like paper thin to me. Like it's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with the performances at all. The performances are actually pre- like some of the best part of this movie. Yeah, they're, they're done um, very well. Which is why well. people yeah. love this movie. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the songs are f- like, there's nothing really that grabs me that uh, too strong. Hope and no one's grabbing you. Yeah. If someone's grabbing you, tell me. <laughs> Listen, I want them to grab me. Um, Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's been, a, it's, you know, it's. All right. Let's it's been move rough. on. Uh, <laughs> so that ends up that with our, ends up with our ranking. ranking being number one, Hairspray. Number two, The Music Man. Number three, Les Miserables. And number four, and unfortunately going home, The Greatest Showman. Got its throat slit down the chute. By another dead movie. By another dead, dead movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, kind of the Grim Reaper of the season. Now. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's our that's another fine episode um, of Film Fracas. Of Film Fracas. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at the Robbie DeShazer. Uh, you should go listen to Tapheads, which is my other show that I do with Carter and our friend Wendy. Uh, Shannon's been on it. Uh, I am stalling good, to y'all. come up. Yeah. Beer is good. Beer is good. Uh, I'm going to recommend, sure, I'll recommend a fun a fun movie for children of all ages. Uh, 2009's Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> okay. Yeah? <laughs> uh-huh. I saw it over... I, uh, sure. Saw it with some family. It's a fun again, movie. Saw it again with some family over the Thanksgiving break that we just had uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's always a good one that no one can really argue about it uh, being on. Mm-hmm. It's a fun time. Yeah. 
It's got some dull hater in it. Uh, yeah. Enjoy. You can... You if, you can haven't, if you haven't seen it, give it a chance. It's a fun what I should say. The second one, not good. And some Andy's uh, Yeah. Yeah, the second one is not good. But the first one is a fun time. Isn't Neil Patrick Harris in it? Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris so, is yeah. Steve. He's, my, he's the main guy, right? Yeah. No. No. Uh, he's the monkey thing that can talk. Oh. Bill Hader is the main guy. There's Bill Hader. Oh, okay. Uh, anywho, you can find me on Twitter at Spillers, like spills in yard and an S. Um... I'm recommending this week one of my newly minted uh, favorite movies of the year on Netflix. Check it out. Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story. Um, hey. Wow. Those people can act. Um, it's I love it. Adam Driver is phenomenal. Scarlett Johansson is phenomenal. Um, all the supporting players are great. Laura Dern, I would die for her. Um, Alan Alda. Ray Liotta. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Merritt Weaver. Um, but... Do I need to watch Some, it if you've sent me all the memes already? <laughs> um, I have not sent you all the memes. There are many more memes. Phoenix would, is going to test. As soon as he watched the movie with me, I sent him like 10 memes. Yeah, it was kind of, it was like a barrage. Uh, I didn't realize. Rapid fire? I've just been holding them back. Yeah, uh, I was about to complain in our group setting where I was like, hey, I haven't watched this movie yet. Can we cool it on yeah, that's why I wasn't memes sending, with that's actual why screen caps from the movie? That's in why it? I wasn't sending memes from it uh, to that chat. But, um, yeah, it's a good movie. I watched it three times in four days. Wow. <laughs> um, and another part of, it, part of it today, so really like three and a half times in four days. Um, I really, really love this movie. So go watch it. It's very emotional. Not to spoil things, but if you're a fan of musicals, there's a big musical moment. I don't, I don't want to give it away Huge. necessarily, but I figured since this is a musical season, I should bring that up as another... Hint to go see it. Um, like go see it. I mean, sit down and watch it on Netflix. Sit down and watch no, it on Netflix. Go to a theater. No, it's not. You can watch it on Netflix. Yeah. I know, right? That sucks. Um, you could find me on Twitter at BombSPhoenix. Uh, I hope to tweet things you like. Um, I am going to recommend uh, a movie I saw the other day that's called The Souvenir, uh, directed by Joanna Hogg came out earlier this year but it's now streaming on amazon prime so if you're interested in that i'd recommend checking it out it's very bleak it's a pretty somber kind of sad movie but it's a nice self-reflection kind of in the similar vein as maybe like marriage story or some of noah bombach's filmography and that it's kind of like a, it feels like a, a filmmaker's kind of lens into their earlier life um, you know, not entirely, obviously, but it's a wonderful film. Um, see it if you want to get into a sad mood, but if you want to see a good movie. Good stuff. Hey, guys, uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd at Zed's Dead 5. Um, this week, I'm recommending a movie that I watched yesterday night. Um, it's got some really, really thick Scottish accents, but don't let that deter you because 2002's Sweet 16, directed by Ken Loach, is an absolutely fantastic movie. Um, it uh, gives you a very bleak um, portrait of Scotland in 2002, and it follows a lot of the same narrative beats as uh, The 400 Blows, actually, but I think it works a lot better. Um, 
not the biggest fan of the French New Wave just in general, but that might be me. Um, but no, it's a fantastically made movie. I don't love it that much either. Uh, great. Solidarity is a good thing. Um, but no, it's a Sweet 16, fantastic movie, um, made very well. The main uh, actor, Martin Compston, does a wonderful job. Um, watch it with subtitles, though. It is available on Amazon Prime, so you're going to need them. But it's it's really, really good. Give it a Give it a watch. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah. Go go follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Film Fracas. Uh, we post there sometimes. We usually post when we have a new episode out. Uh, uh, real quick, thank you guys for being so understanding about the technical difficulties with last week's episode. Uh, I promise that hopefully won't happen again, and I will be very sorry if it does. Uh but if you want to help us avoid situations like that and support this podcast, if you go to anchor.fm forward slash film fracas, there's an option to uh, support this podcast with a monthly donation. That would be super, super awesome of you. Otherwise, we've got stuff like merch and honestly, just feedback and following us is really, really awesome. Uh, but other than that, next week, we've got a finale episode. What, oh. a, what a treat. Yeah. It's going to be the end. Gonna be the end. The closing number. Honestly. The swan song. And what will we'll Carter back- pick as his number one? <laughs> Tune in no again idea. next week. All right. I think the answer may surprise you. It won't. It's the greatest showman. <laughs> back from the dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's been it. Go home. Yeah. Stop listening. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Film Fracas. We know there are a lot of shows on the web, and we are so glad you took the time to listen to ours. Thanks to Carter Stilliards, Phoenix Arola, and Shannon Widener for helping to write and produce each episode. Please consider giving us a five-star rating wherever it is you listen. It really does help get the word out about the show. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Film Fracas. Once again, thanks for listening, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. Media.